In a moment here, we're going to read our gospel lesson, which comes from Matthew's gospel, chapter 11. Uh, but before I do that, a question I have for you is, is one I'd like us all to consider. What kind of people go to this church? Maybe if you're visiting for like the first time or the second time or the third time, you're asking that same question, like, who are these people? What kind of church is this? But how about those of you who have been here for a minute? Or maybe those of you who have been coming since day one. Have you ever thought about that? What kind of people go to this church? What type of characteristics do we have that we all share? What kind of values unite us? What type of things go on between us that make us like-minded individuals? Now, to those of you who are like giving sideways glances, like up and down the rows trying to figure that out, let me give you a little break, tell you, you can stop. You don't have to try to figure that question out because that question, what kind of people go to this church, is actually one that we're going to answer over the course of this sermon series. Essentially, this sermon series is all about you. It's all about us and, and what kind of people go to this church and essentially, therefore, what kind of church this is. You might say you have it all figured out. Well, we're all here. We're all united because we know that we are saved by grace through faith alone in the blood of Christ Jesus alone. And that is where we stand. For the sake of these series, I'm going to say you're right, but that's a given. That's a given. We knew that already. But what are the things, what are the values that, bond this group of people together to march forward as a church, to walk step in step and live for others the same way one has lived for all of us. Well, here at The Way Church, we're not unlike any other church or even any other organization. We have what we call core values, right? And those core values, not coincidentally, they line up with what we believe are the key areas of every Christian's life, the key areas of every church's life. Worship, education, community life, community service, and also outreach. When it comes to worship, we say that every Sunday is an opportunity for rest. When it comes to education, we say that every Christian is a believer and it's all about wisdom. Every group, every small group, every group that gathers in church or out of church is a community and it's all about belonging. And we also say everyone is a missionary for one, for one who is not here yet. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You nod your head and make me feel a little better. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. But what in the world does that mean in general? And what in the world does that mean for you personally? Well, last week we introduced this personal mission that each one who is a family member of this church has made their own, that they are to live all for one, knowing that there's one who lives for all of us. And what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to take this idea, this message, this mission, which is really a challenge to each and every one of you, and we're going to unpack it. We're going to unpack it as it comes across in all of the key areas of the Christian life and all of the key areas of this church. We're going to take a look at what this idea means when it comes to worship, when it comes to every Sunday being an opportunity, when it comes to education, and when it comes to the idea of groups, gathering for community, and when it comes to outreach. 
This week we're talking about worship and our gospel lesson, it comes from Matthew chapter 11. Would you please stand? We have a tradition here to stand every time the words of Jesus are read to give honor and glory to his word and his work. We're reading from Matthew chapter 11 and if you are looking it up in your Bible, I'm going to ask that you keep your finger in it because we're going to come back to this throughout our sermon. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of our Lord. He was a young man who loved his church. He loved going to his church, although in a minute you'll kind of wonder why. But he loved going to church because he got it. He understood that every Sunday was an opportunity to go and experience God. Every Sunday was an opportunity and go and receive from God the blessings that God gives. Let's be honest, he needed the blessings that God had to give. Life had kicked his tail. He came every week burdened, tired. He's a young man who was in his mid-30s and throughout his life, uh, he had dealt with a physical disability. He was born with it. But because he had dealt with that, it made it very, very difficult for him to find employment. And when he did find it, it made it very difficult for him to keep a job. He hadn't held down a single job for his adult life, and it was never his fault. Add all that together, and he was somewhat embarrassed that he was still, by and large, supported by his parents. He felt very ashamed that he really didn't, at least in his eyes, contribute much to society or his community felt lost, wondering what his purpose was, if he had any meaning in life. He felt super lonely. After all, he was mid-30s, felt very much alone. On top of all of it, he felt a massive amount of guilt, wondering how in the world God could love him amidst what was really glaring faults in his life. And yet every Sunday he went to church. He went to church because he knew that every Sunday was an opportunity for him to receive from God. And yet every Sunday he went there, he left feeling no better. Every Sunday he went there tired and he left feeling tired. It was the sermon series on generosity. It was the sermon series on fasting. It was the sermon series on prayer that at the end of the day made him feel ashamed and guilty that he couldn't be generous, that he couldn't fast because he was honestly thinking about where his next meal would come from. And he couldn't even pray the way that they said he should. It was a sermon series on purpose that left him feeling purposeless. And really it was every single week leaving with a sense of condemnation, a sense of guilt, because what the pastor said on Sunday, he could not do, despite his best efforts, Monday through Saturday. 
there's ever a person that would have had a reason to stay home, it was him. He could have and should have been out there trying to find work, trying to deal with earthly needs. If there was ever a person who had a reason to be mad at God, it was him. If there was ever a person that had an argument for why organized religion and the whole church thing was a bad deal, it was him. And yet every single Sunday, he was there. But he left the same, feeling tired, feeling burdened. But he was an optimistic man. And so he came this Sunday with hopes that this Sunday would be different, that this Sunday he would go and God would give him what he needed for life. And as he settled into his seat on that particular Sunday, he had no idea just how different it would be. But before I tell you what happened, can I tell you about the kind of people that went to his church? You see, this man wasn't really that different. The kind of people that went to his church were just like him. They were tired. They were better at it, sure, at covering up the burdens that were in their life. For him, it was a physical disability that cast stress across so many other areas of his life. But other people had their burdens, their problems too. That's the kind of people that went to his church. Can you relate? I think you can. Because I think the people that went to his church weren't really all that different than the people that go to this church. I mean, as much as we do our best to walk around 24-7 acting like we have all our stuff together, as much as we take really pretty pictures from home to make it look like life's good, as much as we walk out in public with an air of confidence so nobody knows how we're really feeling, the truth is we're all not that different from that man. The reality is that all of us are tired, all of us have burdens, and all of us are carrying yokes. And if you're not feeling that right now, I think you're lying to yourself if you, if you would say you haven't in the past or you won't in the future. Everyone has something. Some are just better at covering it up and making it look like they don't than others. But all of us are tired. All of us have burdens. All of us have yokes. So here's the question I have for you. Why in the world would God say to a group of people that have all gathered together, that are all tired, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I mean, do you understand what a yoke is? Does Jesus understand what a yoke is? A yoke is heavy. A yoke is meant for doing work. A yoke is a heavy piece of wood, and if you wear it long enough, it will make you weary. Why in the world would we come to one with weariness, with burdens, only to get another yoke? Well, the answer to that is kind of simple. 
It's because Jesus, he knows the kind of people who are in this church. He knows that the people who come to this church are people who are tired. The people who come to this church are people who are weary. They are people who have and carry yokes. But the reason why that is might surprise you. The reason why you're carrying a yoke actually might be something that's maybe difficult for you to admit. The reason why you are tired, the reason why you have burdens is simply this. Secretly, you and I, we like carrying our yokes because it makes us feel like we're in control. You and I like to carry our yokes. You and I like to carry our burdens, the things in our life, because you and I like to feel like we have control in our life. Call it what it is, it's a, it's a mini God complex, or maybe in some of us, not so mini God complex. You and I like to carry our burdens because you and I like to be in control because the truth of the matter is you and I think that we can carry things maybe even better than Jesus can. It's simple, uh, but can I give you an example? Let's pretend this is your yoke. This is your burden. This is the thing you got carrying around in life, and I, I don't know what it is. Maybe for you, it is the illness, the hospitalization of, of someone you love. Maybe chronic pain or disease that you yourself deal with. Maybe for you, it's a relationship that's coming apart at the seams, a, a marriage that's tossing out the D word, divorce. Maybe for you, you're in a different stage of life and it, it's school or it's work and it's overwhelming. You're drowning in work even when you're not at work. What we like to do is, is look at these burdens and, and look at these yokes and say, you know what, I got this. I got this. And so we do. We soldier up and we shoulder on and we put it on. And we walk around with these, and we call them this, we call them our responsibilities. And it's heavy. It's difficult at times, but we have these responsibilities to take care of the people in our life who are, are sick or hurting. We have a responsibility in our life to take care and fix the problems in our relationship. We have a responsibility at work. We have a responsibility at school. And so we do. We shoulder our responsibilities. And we walk around with them long enough and they start to get heavy. And what happens when the person we're taking care of doesn't get better? And the person who used to say, I love you, says, I don't love you anymore. And the season of life you're in, school, work, crushes you and you feel like quitting. Well, then the yoke gets a lot heavier because that's what yokes do. And then comes a pivotal moment. Because we're walking around with our burdens on our shoulders and we got this, it comes a time where we're faced with an opportunity, an option. We can go to God's house. We can go to God's house and whether that's church on a Sunday or a small group during the week, we can gather together with believers and we can go to the one who says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened and you'll get rest or we can get our house in order. And we say, you know what? I, 
I could go to God's house. That sounds like a good thing. So we head that way, but nope, because that's what yokes do. Yokes don't let animals just go wherever they want to. And yokes, while they give you this air or this seeming, seeming feeling of control, they don't let you do whatever you want. Yokes tell you where to go. And so you go this way, this way, or that way, driven by your yoke, your burden. And then the next opportunity comes for, for you to go and get rest. On your whole attitude, your whole demeanor has changed, and that's not even a thought. Why would I go running off somewhere else at a time when I just need to rest, just need to sit at home and relax, recuperate? After all, I got a whole nother week of carrying this burden, carrying this yoke. Why would I go run to church when I can just rest here alone? And you forget that you have a God who said, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't know what it is. Maybe your yoke isn't a situation that's stressful outside of you. Maybe it's something that comes from inside of you. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt for living like a person you know you shouldn't be like, living in a way where you know you can be more, living in such a way where you've let down your loved ones. Let's call it what it is. Living in such a way where you sin, where you mess up. What do you do with those burdens? Well, those two. Instead of saying, here, God, take that, we like to take those, and we don't call them responsibilities. We like to give them other names. We call them our self-improvement projects. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be more. And so we walk around with that, and we make improvements. But then the burden, the yoke of guilt and shame, oh, it crashes hard. It crashes hard when the promises you made over and over again, you break over and over again. And it's days and weeks and months that you still haven't done anything differently or better. And then what do you do with this yoke? When that, when that same song, second verse happens and you have an opportunity to go to the one place you know that gives a message of forgiveness and life change, what do you do with that yoke? What well, presses down on you and crushes you and you say to yourself, why in the world? Would I go to a place that tells me how bad I am when I already know it? And so this yoke of guilt and shame, this self-made burden of the self-improvement project sits on you, crushes you because, let's face it, that's what yokes do. That's what burdens do. Yokes drive you and drive you and drive you until they exhaust you. They sit on you and press down on you until they crush you. That's what a yoke does. And that's why who or what you yoke with is nothing to joke with. Because the reality is all of us are carrying something. All of us are yoked with something. The only question that remains is who or what do you yoke yourself with? Because yokes can't be carried alone. That's not how yokes work. And who or what you yoke yourself with is going to make all the difference. But Jesus knows. He knows the kind of people that go to this church. 
He knows the kind of people that sit in his church and he knows that they're tired. He knows that they're carrying burdens. They're carrying yokes. And he also knows it's a group of people that's honest enough to admit I've tried carrying it by myself and I don't want to carry it any longer. It's a group that's real enough to admit that I can't pretend anymore. I can't take one more step with this. And it's a group of people who are asking, is there a place, is there some place for me to rest? And it's in that place and it's in that moment that your Jesus steps in with these words and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We asked it before, why in the world, why in the world would anybody who is tired and burdened take on another yoke? But listen, when Jesus says, take my yoke, He's not giving you something to carry. He's not giving you something to do. When Jesus says, take my yoke, what he's saying is you are uniting yourself with me. You are now walking step for step with me. And when you get tired and you get weary and you get burdened, we're yoked together. We're shoulder to shoulder together and I'm gonna carry you. What he says, when you take my yoke, he he says it. He says, I'm gentle. I'm gentle. I'm not harsh, I'm not demanding, I'm not gonna let you take one more step with guilt or sin or shame pressing down on you. In fact, I'm gonna lift it off you. I already have and I will do it as long as you're walking with me. He describes himself as gentle and humble at heart. I'm not a cruel taskmaster who's gonna push you to go and go and go and be more and more and more and do this and do that. And when you're yoked with me, I'm going to lead you beside quiet waters. I'm going to give you rest for your soul. That's who you're yoked with. And then if that weren't enough, he describes his yoke. He says, my yoke is easy. It's not about do A, B, and C with me. It's about my yoke being easy. It's about a message we call the gospel, a message that rings. It's all been done for you. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, when you take my yoke upon yourself, what you realize is that you can breathe from the before the time began when I called you and made you mine. I've been lifting the burden, the shackles of sin off of you so you can stand and you can breathe and you can know joy. You can know love. You can know what's like to walk with me. That's what it means to take Christ's yoke upon yourself. And that's why we say every Sunday is an opportunity for rest because it's not a one-time invitation where, hey, if you come to me once, I'll give you rest once. No, it's, he understands the people that go to this church. He understands that Monday through Saturday, there are burdens, there are yokes that we are encumbered with. And every single Sunday, every single day, he makes the same invitation, come to me and I will continue to give rest for your soul. You want to know what kind of people go to this church? It's the kind of people that see every Sunday as an opportunity for rest. Look, I don't know why you came here this morning. (laughs) Maybe someone made you. Maybe you came here because you like to give. 
You like to give of yourself. You like to give of your time. You like to give of your service. You like to give of your offerings. But Christ says, that's great. And I, and I love that fruit of faith, but I don't need your sacrifices. Maybe you came here because you like the people here. Christ says, that's great. And in two weeks, we're gonna talk about really how great these brothers and sisters are. But he says, that's, that's not why I want you here. Maybe you came here this morning because you were looking for a word from God, a word from his word to tell you how to live better, how to, how to do something differently. But Christ says, that's not what I'm going to give you. When you come here, I'm going to tell you it's all been done for you. I'm going to tell you when you come here, it's all finished. And I'm going to tell you to come and take my yoke upon you. And what you're going to find when you take my yoke upon you is rest that you can't find everywhere else. It's not like physical rest, like a good night of sleep. It's not like mental rest that you get when you check out and you watch Netflix or you just relax and read a book. It's not like emotional rest that you get when you hug someone you love and you feel safe and protected and cared for in their arms. No, this type of rest is rest for your soul. It is rest that gets into you and gives you everything you need for this life and for the life to come. That's what kind of people go to this church. People who know that every single Sunday is an opportunity for rest for your soul. Because we have a God who is one God and he is all for you. He is for all people giving rest for all people. And when you think of it that way, being all for one, me, being all for one, well, it becomes pretty easy. Because the kind of people who go to this church know that every single Sunday is an opportunity to find rest. They also know every single Sunday is an opportunity to give rest. Every single Sunday is an opportunity to go and give rest. Because my friends, let me tell you this. Everyone is really good at covering it up. But the truth is everyone has burdens. Everyone has yokes. Everyone's tired. Ask them. They'll tell you. If they're honest, they'll tell you what it is. And everyone wants to be honest. Everyone wants to say, I can't do it anymore. I can't pretend anymore. I don't want to take another step anymore. There's people that live in your homes. There's people that live in your communities that are burdened. They've been burdened by churches. They've been burdened by Christianity. They've been burdened by so-called Christian churches that heap more yokes on people by telling them to do more and be more. And they're wondering. They're wondering if there's a place where they can go and set their yoke down. They're wondering if there's a place that they can go and just for a second, take it off to breathe and stretch their necks. And my friends, you get the supreme joy. You get the supreme joy of being rest givers and yoke breakers and telling them there is a place for you. There is a place for you to find rest and it is in the person and it is in the work of Jesus Christ. There is rest for you and your soul. That's your job. That's your job as a Christian, to give vacations, to give spiritual rests. Sometimes we overwhelm ourselves with that though, and we say, go into the whole world, do that for the whole world. Nobody's doing that for the whole world. That's hard. That's a lot of people. So why not do it for one? Why not be all in for one? Why not go all out for one person? just like that young man who went to church every Sunday. 
every single Sunday looking to get something from God. I told you I'd tell you the story about the Sunday where everything changed, right? Before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about this man's situation. See, he lived in a time and a place where people who had disabilities, and he, he was upfront about his disability. He had a shriveled hand since the time he was born. He lived in a time and a place where people looked at disabilities, people who had disabilities, even in church, like they were outsiders. His church made him sit away from everybody else. He also lived in a time and a place where the pastors, the leaders of his church, they made up a lot of laws. They made up a lot of rules about things you had to do to be saved, and they didn't talk a whole lot or at all about how Christ did it all for you. So this man's story is at once about how the church, the kind of people who are inside of the church, look at people who are different. Look at people who are on the outside. It's a story about how people who are in the church, the kinds of people who are in the church, think about rules and regulations and traditions and what that means for people who are not in the church. It's a story about Jesus because everything changed on the Sunday that Jesus came to his church. And so once, it's a story about the one who is for all, but at the very same time, it's about Christ showing us how to be all for one. Would you please stand as I read the latter half of our gospel today? Our gospel lesson was from Matthew chapter 11. We read three verses. And after Jesus tells us to come and get rest from him, rest for our souls, he illustrates what that rest looked like in Matthew chapter 12. Here's the first couple verses. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Jesus answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord on the Sabbath. Going on from that place, Jesus went into their synagogue, and when a man with a shriveled hand was there, looking for a reason to bring charges against him, they, the Pharisees, asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. This is the gospel of your Lord. 